Welcome to another and different episode of SparkCast. I am Sean. Charlie. And Thomas. And we are... SparkCast. Someone stresses the S a little too much. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Today in this episode, we're going to be looking at another non-transformer sentient life. We're going to be looking at Brainiac from the Superman, the animated television show. Oh, Superman, the animated series. Let me get it right in its retconned name, similar to how, you know, Transformers Generation 1 is basically a retcon of the original series. And we're going to be looking at episode one of the three-part origin story of Superman, which is called Last Son of Krypton, and episode eight, which is called Distant Memories, where Brainiac shows up for the first time and meets Superman. First, have any of you guys seen these episodes before? Yes. In the distant past. I can't remember when I've watched Superman. I don't have this huge feeling of nostalgia. I remember watching it, but I don't even remember when. It was just something that was a blip in my childhood. (laughs) You probably saw it when everybody else saw it, which was when it was airing. Because this came out like in the mid '90s, I think this animated series started around '96. This was after Batman the animated series, and before was it before Beyond or was it after Beyond? It was after Batman season one and two, but it aired during Batman seasons three and four, which were on the WB. Okay, yeah, yeah, I had it. It came out in '96, September 6, okay. 1996. Was uh, one second, I forgot my headphones, and I am recording with my speaker close by on next to my microphone. One <laughs> second. I actually was really into Batman the animated series and Batman Beyond. Those stick the most in my mind. But I did watch this show also. It just wasn't as memorable <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> I remember this episode vaguely. I watched Batman the Animated Series growing up because I think for some reason there were so many episodes in season two that it was broken up into two years. There might have been a year break between Batman season two and three or something because it seems like it was like four years later because Batman was 1992, right? Batman started in 92, September as well. So the first season had 65 episodes and they ran for a year. So the last episode of season one ended two weeks after the original air date the previous year. Then they took like a long break and didn't start up until May of 94. That was second season was only 20 episodes and it ended in 95. You mean the adventures of Batman and Robin that was still on Fox? No, the animated series. Season two of the animated series. Yeah, season two of the animated series was called the adventures of Batman and Robin, but on subsequent releases they've just relabeled it batman the animated series season two right right okay yeah eight months until between the end of the first season and the beginning of the second season okay it was only 20 episodes and it ran from may 94 to september 95 
they were definitely spacing out that second season. Okay, so that came out the same year X-Men came out, and I was still watching those shows heavily. But I remember by the time Batman went to WB, I wasn't interested in cartoons anymore. I think I only watched X-Men because I was about to be in high school in 96. It's like that's when I stopped really watching really cartoons. But I did go back and watch, I think Batman Beyond was the only new cartoon I watched just because it seemed cool at the time. So I just skipped all of Superman and Batman season three, four. That's pretty much how I was. Like, those are the cartoons that I bothered to watch, and then I'd stopped watching the others. <laughs> so this one um, kind of caught my attention. I'd watch it to, I guess, fill the Batman space, but it, it didn't really uh, have that huge of an impact. <laughs> yeah, I was all in on Batman when I was younger. So I was definitely watching all the, the reruns and everything. I tried to get into Superman, but I just it just never hooked me. Like, I, I just never... I guess I didn't realize it at the time, you know, or was willing to admit it, but I just found Superman boring. Well, I think um, I know why is because I just finished the whole series. So my wife and I just watched the entire third and fourth season of Batman and any Superman episode that Batman showed up in because she had never seen all those before. She apparently, despite being younger than me, only watched repeats of the original series. <laughs> so we watched all those and I watched all of Superman as well at around the same time on my own and i'm just like it's just missing something from batman when it comes to the villains like all the villains aren't like sympathetic or over the top or they're just kind of it's not really focused on them a lot of the times it's always superman or lois or sometimes well Jimmy. i never really i guess i never really thought about that but thinking back i would probably say that's definitely true and i think it's true because when you think about it most of the villains that come up against superman they don't really pose that different a threat it's always usually just like we're also strong guys but guess what superman's stronger it's not often that he fights the guys that actually have like magical powers or something that just poses a different kind of threat or every now and then somebody has a piece of kryptonite or something like that usually it's just somebody who wants to use their speed or use their strength against superman Whereas Batman, those villains, you know, everybody's kind of different. How he approaches them and their stories are all so, so very different. The different environment in the show kind of turned me off from it. I like the darkness in Batman. A lot of Superman takes place during the day. Different type of issues, more urban type <laughs> foes, like, you know, big company guys making some kind of something that's better than Superman or something. And it just, that's what I found a little boring. Whenever you said Jimmy, that just reminded me of the only thing that was kind of tying my memory to that time when I watched the show. Now I remember that Jimmy was my, pretty much my favorite character and the only character I really followed on that show. Huh. Whenever I saw him, I was like, oh yeah, oh duh, I used to watch this. <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, I'm like, man, I know I used to watch Superman, but I just can't remember much of it at all. I forget, Thomas, did you watch any? Have you watched any of these before? I basically had the same history with it as Charlie, where, you know, I would catch random episodes and stuff like that. I remember when they were airing together on WB, I remember they would air back to back. I would watch the Superman theme. Then after that, I would stop. The Superman theme is really, really good because it's also done by Shirley Walker. She also does the Batman theme. Yeah, to me, that Superman theme is like one of the best superhero themes. So I would always listen to that, but then I would basically just like 
give it a couple of minutes and see, here we go. Let's see if this will hook me this week. And then it never does. And I, I never really watched it. Superman, I got more into my knowledge of the animated DC animated Superman was more from Justice League, that series of cartoons where I like, I like him a lot there because the focus isn't so heavy on him. Yeah. And that's probably it needed to be more of like, cause there's not even a Clark Kent episode where he has to do something as Clark Kent. I think there's one where he's investigating, but he oh, fake really? dies halfway through. So it's just like they don't ever really focus on his other identity that often because he just quickly changes to go to Superman again. Sad. There is so much you can do with just Clark Kent. And when this show came on the air, I remember for a Christmas present, I got the entire Death of Superman run because I think Death of Superman had finished like a week or two prior to that Christmas. And then I was hooked on Superman and buying those, and my dad would buy them for me, and I would follow the entire storyline of his death, the reign of Superman, funeral for a friend, all the way up to his return. And then I followed the comics for like a full year after he came back from the dead, and then gave up on them because the stories weren't interesting anymore. I was just getting bored with it, and I was not getting bored with Spider-Man and Robin, so I just dropped all the Superman titles and only read Robin and Spider-Man after that. And so that show probably came on the air like a year after already was like, I'm done with Superman. So I was going to say, like, how did they never do an episode where something in the environment is suppressing Superman's superpowers and he has to behave as Clark the whole time or has to just do things with regular human strength? That's not. Well, they have. Well, they wouldn't make it wouldn't be noteworthy to make a singular episode about that. Because that kind of thing comes up in pretty much every episode where I'm sure that they have, like, I'm not like a Superman animated series expert that they have done like heavy Clark Kent episodes, but, you know, Clark Kent, he's in those episodes a lot. Like, when you think about the Batman animated series, there are definitely a lot of episodes where Bruce Wayne doesn't really show up that much in a singular episode. As far as the balance with Superman, Clark Kent's in it a lot. I mean, even though yeah. the focus, the episode isn't. But that's the problem. He's in it, but he does nothing. He immediately changes to Superman. Yeah, he's usually like, oh, and, like they see, you know, some Lois or Joey or somebody sees a crime and, and Superman's around. And here's the scene where Clark has to slip away to go change into Superman. That's, that's kind of usually the formula. I don't think in the entire series, maybe once, does he ever come back and be like, oh, man, some structural whatever thing fell on the door and I was trapped in the bathroom. <laughs> and, and then like Lois could be like, again? <laughs> right, right. I feel like that happens a lot in Spider-Man, but I don't think Batman and like Superman, I don't think, I think they just brush over that. But that's, that's fine, so. This first episode, what do we learn about Brainiac? The first episode is unusual. It's a three-parter about the origin of Superman, but it is really the origin about the destruction of Krypton and how Superman baby flew to earth because he doesn't show up. He's a baby in this episode and he'll be a teenager in part two, but this is mainly about Superman's father trying to investigate what's going on with the planet while listening to the supercomputer Brainiac, who seems to take his data and tell the council, well, he had an idea, but it's wrong. The planet's safe. And he's just like, what the heck? Why is this computer lying? He's got to be lying. He eventually has to break into the building to 
try to prove it and Brainiac's just like, yep, planet's done. So I'm, tr I'm trying to save myself. You guys are all screwed. Bye. And just transfers all of his consciousness and all the history of any data that he can on everything about Krypton into a satellite and the planet explodes. The end. Basically like a prequel story. But at the time it was new for Brainiac because Brainiac had never been connected to Krypton before. Okay, all right. In the comics, there's the Eradicator, who is a computer program that I think tried to make Earth a new Krypton. And eventually, okay, he wasn't called the Eradicator. He became the Eradicator when he created a human-like form to take Superman's place after the death of Superman. But still, he was more like a sentient Kryptonian computer, which is probably why it never showed up in the series now, because, you know, now Brainiac is from Krypton. Okay, yeah, I wanted to ask you, because when you first were introducing this episode, you basically said that this episode was focused on introducing, you You tied this Brainiac to the animated series. And I was thinking, I was like, well, didn't Brainiac exist before this show? But uh, I guess the way you kind of describe it and how Brainiac was kind of like, his character was kind of like redefined in this, it kind of reminds me of how Mr. Freeze always existed before before the Batman animated series, but the Batman animated series decided to redefine him and it became like an iconic change, like something that yeah. people actually prefer to the original version. And I don't know who the original Brainiac is because the three years I read Superman, he did not show up. He showed up in the final storyline, Dead Again, that I stopped reading where Superman has a fight with a villain and crashes into his uh, place where he was buried during Death of Superman and there's another body inside and it says it's Superman, which causes Superman to freak out and think that he's either, you know, a clone or a machine, or maybe it's a trick and he's not sure. And it ends up being this reveal, like he goes everywhere across the galaxy looking for villains that could have done this. But I guess Brainiac's in a comatose state, and I don't know who he is. He's like a human with these little things on his forehead. And, and like he just never showed up when I read him, but he ends up being the master villain. But to me, it's just like, I don't know who you are, so it's hard for me to to care but it was a good story on how superman was just going more and more crazy as to what was happening around him because of this the only reason the storyline is good is not because of brainiac but because of how his actions were affecting superman and making him crazy because it was like an eight or ten part storyline so i have no idea who brainiac is my only knowledge comes from this cartoon okay so i guess the one common factor in this episode is you know I guess the destruction of Krypton and having to send Clark away, his parents having to send him away to kind of like at least save somebody. So you, I guess you were saying that Brainiac wasn't really tied to Krypton originally. So what was it about the Kryptonians that just made them decide to just like, okay, we're going to have this AI run stuff and we always go to him to get the definitive answer and whatever he says goes. Like, what happened to all the other scientists? Like, certainly somebody had to create and build Brainiac and program that AI. Why is it always just, you know, Brainiac versus Jor-El? Oh, it's teaching kids <laughs> never to rely on machines entirely as they grow up. That is the theme of the episode, right? The other theme of the episode is don't have scientists in your society. Just always <laughs> ship them away. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's, here's the deal. The whole society of Krypton it looks like it's less than 30 people. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I was yeah, counting the whole entire the, planet. I was counting the people yeah. in the whole episode just to see how many there were, just for kicks and giggles. Um, 
There was there were three green security guards, four Robocop police officers, eight council members, and ten actual civilians. Yeah, I was going to say half the population is <laughs> half the population is cops. Well, you know why? There's audio commentary for this episode, and they said that the studio let them do this despite the fact it was going to cost maybe slightly more money because they're having to produce all these characters and backgrounds that will never show up again except for this episode. They could have made like generic characters to just have a crowd, you know, or just draw some, you know, some lines in the background. Oh, there were people like, dying everywhere when the planet was falling, remember? No, there's like there people are getting four, crushed by buildings four, and there are four people dying. Like there the four people got out of the way of falling debris and there was nobody else on the street. There was no activity. Well no, I thought there was like you saw people oh, trying to well, avoid falling well, buildings. There were, no, well, no, that's four what people said. trying to avoid. Yeah, that's what she said is there were only a handful of people. The only time they showed like regular people just doing regular stuff was when they were when the tremors were happening yeah. and destruction and, was happening. And then like, at the end, they, they use the same few people again with maybe the addition of one more. So there there might have been like six extras altogether running around, but they just, there were, it was Yeah, right they there. never, there, was no there wasn't any shot of just like, here are crowds or here's like a market or, you know. Yeah. Maybe that was a standards broadcast practices thing where they couldn't show people dying or something like that. I mean, I didn't. I, I didn't mind it. I, it didn't stand out to me. It just seemed like, okay, you kind of get the gist of it. This society is being destroyed. Okay. I think it was just a budget thing and an animation thing. I think just for the economy of animating this whole thing, and it's you know, it's a pilot episode. They just didn't bother to draw too many things. There weren't that many objects in this whole thing. Yeah. One thing that's interesting, by the way, is I bought the Blu-ray for Batman the animated series. They actually interview the person that was hired by. Fox, who is working for the standard broadcast and practices, and she's on the Blu-ray new film they made for Batman, talking about how she had to edit stuff and tell them stuff that couldn't be used on TV. And there were like three or four episodes they show her scripts and stuff that she would not allow on TV and that I thought was pretty interesting. They said it was more lax than it used to be because Fox was a new network, but there's still stuff they couldn't do or show to children. And I wonder if that was... But that was in Fox. This is the WB. So, are you talking about specifically with Superman or just no with, you know, with Batman? So oh, with Batman. With... Okay, yeah, I remember that. I remember that. The WB was also a new network, so I don't know if their standards were also more lax or just the same as the old networks. So, I just thought it was interesting. Like the Brainiac. Oh, not interesting. I just thought Brainiac was kind of stupid. Instead of saying, you know, I'll just save no one, he's just like, I'm gonna save myself. He doesn't say why, does he? He just has some self-preservation, it seems like, and tries to save himself and all the data. But he doesn't seem to try to save even just, say, a few dozen people. It's basically like, all humans are irrelevant, so there's no point in saving anyone. I'm like, oh. Well, okay. it's a little bit more nuanced than that. So I guess the reason why he decided he, the actions laid, were laid out the way they were was because he said, I guess from his calculations... Even just trying to attempt to save one person was going to put some piece of data at risk. And he didn't want to lose any of it. He wanted to get all of it out. Um, yeah, so he was all so about he, information. <laughs> yeah, so he made the choice that saving all the information he can was more important than saving, like, one human. So that's why he just never alerted anybody. Because he, he figured it was it was too late. Like, they didn't have enough time to figure it out. Uh, uh, that he knew that Jorel was right the whole time. Yeah, it just seems like... Even though he's not really 
I don't think Brainiac has really got much human emotion in him. When we saw Hardak on Batman, he was clearly just a computer and he did not seem human or have any kind of personality, it seemed like. But Brainiac, even though it doesn't seem he has a personality, it seems like he does have like, has needs. Like he's like, I'm going to stop this information or, but he also wants to survive. So I, yeah, I would say that he definitely has some human characteristics. Like he doesn't show any of the good qualities, but you can definitely tell that like there's selfishness there. There's evil, you know, I, a little bit of sarcasm and stuff like that. He's just, he's, he's just an AI who really just the selfishness that drive to just, you know, put the data above all other beings and stuff like that. Yeah, there's a little bit. He doesn't seem as cold as Pardak, for sure. Charlie, what did you think of this first episode? Before we actually see Brainiac in episode eight, what did you think of him just now in just this episode? Of Brainiac? Uh, I... Hmm. He didn't leave me with any impression other than this is a sentient... AI that has taken over like how and because it's programmed to control all he will always feel the need to be in control and the quippy comments between him and Jarrell were kind of funny <laughs> I like that he was you know defiant as a computer to the computer operator which yeah it's not very it's not a, a very ideal situation <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know what else to say about him, though, besides he's kind of just a a Hal trope to me, like both Hardak and uh, Brainiac. To me, they're kind of one and the same, though yeah, acted one. differently. And they, they just have different degrees of computeriness i guess <laughs> so. yeah, yeah i i think brainac is more evil like a human would be evil you can see that a how or hardack are just like okay you're just following programming there's like nothing here you're just doing you know what's your program to do whereas brainiac yeah, just I, seems like he just seems yeah. like more of a like you can imagine like okay we're gonna take a human consciousness and put it in a machine this human's trapped in a machine he's acting like that well we'll see later in the next episode he actually does develop between here and his appearance his own reason and motivation for doing things which did not exist in his first episode which was confusing me like i just didn't understand it like why his purpose well not his purpose but like his motivations didn't make sense to me from the first well, episode oh in the first episode when he's just trying to save in the, the very himself? first episode but then yes when we get to the next episode he is developed and it, it, he makes sense. His motivation then makes sense. That's yeah. just a pure survival instinct. He was about self-preservation in the first episode. That's all he was really about. Mm -hmm. Though um, he did, I mean, Jarrell did allude to how he was data hungry, you know, and the, the data, you know, was that important to him that he was uploading it to a satellite, you know, so that he could escape with it, you know. But mm -hmm. yeah, it was totally just, you're not going to shut my program down. <laughs> it's the only kind of positive thing about him is that he actually is trying to save all the data of the planet so their destruction won't be in vain, I guess. Right. So, yeah, that part, yeah, that part makes sense. But then, of course, then he shows up in this, this, the next episode and, dear God, like, we'll get yeah. to, Any last things on this episode and we can go straight to that one. We got 
talk about the episode itself and its just quirkiness and the, I don't know, any of the animation errors or anything else? Or do we just want to go on to... Just whatever you feel like talking about the episode because it's not a Transformers episode, so I don't have a structure of all that for it. Okay. So when we do other things, I don't have like a whole structure for it. Because it it was kind of a funny episode. It was fun to watch. I enjoyed watching it. But at the same time, I see some things about it that would have made me, I guess, less interested in Krypton (laughs) and this whole backstory just because of the way they kind of presented everything. Like, it makes it seem like they deserve to die if they're this stupid. (laughs) It, It was ridiculous. Like, they had a council of eight people, and they're kind of like, we don't know how to do anything. Let's ask the internet. Exactly. <laughs> like, like, Here's like, eight guys. <laughs> we need eight people to do a Google search. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they're like, why? And they just refuse to believe him simply because he's already proposed it before without evidence. He's proposed, I guess he's proposed the idea about Krypton having problems or what's causing it and, or the future outcome, but he didn't have evidence at first. And now he has the evidence and they're saying, well, no, you don't. But he's like, but I gave the evidence to Brainiac. So Brainiac must be lying. And they're like, our computer lie. <laughs> I've never heard of such a thing. So, so they like just so, immediately discount so that. Like nobody's ever, ever thought about like, oh, you know, data can be corrupted. There could be a glitch in programming or something like that. No, never. Let's ask our IT Brainiac administrator. <laughs> let's, let's, let's give him a call and be like, is there anything wrong with the data? And he'll be like, oh, God, the tentacles. Ask. And I'm like, oh, something must be going wrong at Brainiac Center. <laughs> okay, there's another reason, too. Yeah, I mean, another reason Krypton should have been blown up. Like those weird... Uh gelatinous organisms with toothy tentacles and visible colons oh yeah I mean, those, those are like <laughs> i mean come on like it it as it one was like emerging from stealth mode it was like emitting some kind of noxious gas and then it just locks onto jarrell's neck it was like <laughs> that was simply put in there to show that jorel can also be an action star and that maybe superman gets some of that from him oh Oh, that's a good point because he didn't really, besides jumping out of a, a window. Yeah, I was going to say jumping out of the window. <laughs> <laughs> that was because uh... I thought he was just kind of a scientist. He doesn't seem super. That's for sure. He doesn't do anything special. He just sort of he's a, just a regular guy who's yeah. And the only other characters in here are his mom and Superman's mom's dad, who happens to be on the council. Oh, well, not his mom. His wife. Superman's wife. Well, not so. No. His mom, I forget. Oh, her you're name. right. Yeah, Superman's mom, not Jarrell's mom. Sorry, you're right. Yeah, Superman's mom's dad is also there and like helps them out at the end because uh, otherwise Superman would not have escaped and they would have lost all the Kryptons. So, yeah. So I guess the only other little small thing that I noticed that you know I never really thought about before, which I like that they actually illustrated it during this episode, was as Superman was escaping on the ship. I didn't know that he went through a portal or anything like that. I always just assume he just traveled normally, but he goes through a a portal that opens up and not only so Krypton blows up behind him, but some of the pieces of Krypton go into the portal with them. So that's how, I guess that's how Kryptonite ends up on earth. uh, Uh Along with like, I never thought about that before, but I like that they touched on that. That actually makes a lot of sense. I'm glad (laughs) that they, you know, 
here's some canon, some real canon to that. Yeah. I've got one more reason that Krypton should not exist. It was freaking boring. (laughs) I was really upset because one thing that I would have loved to see is like just the environment on Krypton give a few clues about how many citizens there are, how they live their daily lives. Honestly, I can assume that there are only five citizens and they spend most of their time just meandering about on the city floor, just kicking rocks, you know, just just Pokemon in. <laughs> I'm just imagining somebody taking an alien from another planet, coming to Earth and saying, all right, you will judge if Earth is going to be blown up or they deserve to survive, but you can only judge it by watching one hour of E! Entertainment. Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, there's no, but there's no, like, there's no sign of amenities. There's no swimming pools with butlers. There's no space yeah. tennis court shopping. Okay, well, or, you know it has to be lattes. there. I don't if see the, any of that. If they I don't had... see the fountain. I don't see anything. This is like, you know what it looks like? It looks like an intergalactic, intergalactic physical plant full of maintenance workers, empty lobbies, and leaf blowers. Nothing to do. <laughs> no bathrooms. It okay. Look like 2020 out there. Okay, you're being too hard on Charlie. Like, if they're capable of building an AI like Brainiac, clearly there's some smart stuff. There's some great engineering going on there. Hella boring. That's what Krypton <laughs> was. I mean, they could at least okay. showed them like. I don't okay, know, it's a nerd with, planet. Sure. They could have been with like they could have been hippies with sitars and hookahs. It could have been levitating and like having transcendental meditation sessions and. Showing people bending spoons or something. <laughs> On the special feature, they said they were trying to make it less boring than the movies and the live action movie and the previous show where all you see is like crystals everywhere and everyone's so cold and emotionless on Krypton. They said they didn't want to do that for this interpretation. You know, like ethereal elf types just kind of floating there in space <laughs> and like is an absorbing, elf the, absorbing the solar... Um, frequencies or something <laughs> but, but it's like it looks like there is absolutely nothing to do on krypton just walk around on the dirt floor beneath all the buildings and well, you only you know, got five people to talk to <laughs> 22 minutes to share the whole planet before it blows up you just no, cross just, that uh, right just, off of uh charlie's uh vacation bucket list yeah, think about transformers. come on think about transformers spike and um bumblebee go into like you know an arcade that's right next to a little restaurant and yeah. you see some kids chilling out in there but that's and like that, 30 that's episodes for, in but that's for like five seconds but they do that they do little things like that all the time to kind of give you an idea that hey there's actually people here they're, but they didn't but do that the first episode i i'm not it's not just like, the first episode like, this, is, would, this is well, krypton this is another planet that we'll i know never but cybertron you know there's this big war that happens with the transformers that led to the autobots and the decepticons going off planet they never touch on that they never show the war they never showed the strife and the destruction or just regular people on no, cybertron but they showed cybertron so they we have an idea well, of what well, cybertron well, that's is not like. any that's not any different than this case where we see krypton we see cybertron but we don't see like more regular life we only see, see a handful. Worker car we by. only see a handful <laughs> of transformers, just like we see only a handful of Kryptonians here. Don't believe that Krypton was fully populated to begin with. I think it's just it was worth blowing up. It just had a bunch of creepy, <laughs> cynical <laughs> beasts on it. And Charlie, I so I never believed in 
Planetary Genocide until I watched Star Trek Voyager. And now, sometimes the races they come across, there were like three or four in that whole seven-year run where I was like, this whole race deserves to be wiped out. You mean you didn't oh want to just God. blow up the Voyager itself with... Um... No, I can't do that. They're not like evil or not like, you know, they're just trying to survive. It's okay. But there okay. are some I like cultures two where I'm just like, that show made me very nihilistic. But come on, Neelix and... <laughs> The captain and... Yeah, they write Neelix better as the show progresses. Oh my god. I just want to kill all of them. I want to take oh them and god. just wring their necks. Oh Seven god. of oh nine. So oh, sorry. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, I could not be on that Voyager ship because I would have gone postal by now. <laughs> okay, I, I don't think I'm ever going to be where you guys are, where you just be like, okay, I want to kill these people, kill off the entire race. When, uh, Charlie I, wants I, to I, kill I'm the Voyager crew blow and the ship. I want to blow up some of the races they encounter. Well, ex well, exactly. That's a lot. I mean, that's, that's kind of... I, I that's that's the, very radical. I think the people they encounter are have a lot more potential than the, the ones on that ship that keep somehow edging themselves back into time. <laughs> like uh, like getting mean, farther I, and farther away from how, home. Are you watching Voyager, closer. Thomas? Oh, ha absolutely not. I don't think I ever want to watch Voyager. Oh, okay. <laughs> I never. I thought I you never started hear. watching it, or was that Charlie who started watching? I, it? I'd been watching it, but don't, I, I'm, I'm watching I haven't Deep gotten Space back to it. I got on like the Seven of Nine arc, you know, where it's like mostly her, and I just kind oh. of got bored. But um, oh, that's when the start series actually has some good episodes finally. But then you had to put up with three seasons of bleh or worse. Well, that's when Q shows up, and that's when it starts to get like, uh, okay, getting weird yeah. now. Like, I don't know. I've, just watch the three Q episodes. It. And then, yeah. and that's it. That's all you need to watch from Voyager. Because <laughs> Q, I mean, it's important because he comes from another, he comes from, the, you know, the next generation and stuff. But yeah, I just kind of fell off there because we were talking about assimilation so much. And I was just like, uh, yeah, uh, like that, was, that sucks. Like the, the crew, like sometimes I don't care about much of the crew. So when Seven and Nine came on, she was actually more interesting than like half the crew already and had a character arc she was working on. So it's just more interesting than most of the people on that ship. Absolutely hated Seven of Nine. <laughs> I just really didn't like her at all. I, I was trying to find redeemable qualities, but yeah. I guess I didn't get to the part where I started to like her. I think that's good. supposed to happen eventually, but yeah, I just never got to that point. <laughs> that's funny. But yeah, but that's a whole nother machine-like, thing because then you know <laughs> i'm almost like when you get into the borg like is their consciousness start at the artificial level that's not like from any human consciousness oh, yeah, whatever let's not do philosophical on to superman where we punch things do we want to jump to the second episode question about that first thing does the phantom zone come up again because that seems very interesting was the phantom zone destroyed with krypton or did it persist and did the Space uh, criminals escape to Earth, you know? There's a two-parter where Superman takes this machine that's in his ship because apparently he had an access viewer to the Phantom Zone in his ship. And he takes it to Star Labs and they're able to make a way to look inside of it. And he sees another Krypton in there who's like, hey man, I've served my time. Why am I not out of here? And so he takes her out because she served her time but she starts getting more and more violent and superior towards all the humans. And so eventually releases this other general because the two of them had tried to overthrow Krypton's government. And that's why they were thrown in there. 
And so then they try to take over Earth and make it a new Krypton. It's a cool idea. Well, not make it a new Krypton. They just want to rule it because they're stupid. Like, I like the proposal that he had. And I knew that had a certain significance. He's like, hey, let's evacuate everybody to the Phantom Zone. And everybody's like, the Phantom Zone? Only the worst criminals go there. And I'm like, where is it even? Is it in the core of Krypton? Is it another dimension? Another dimension. They could have showed it. Yeah. They don't show it till later when uh, Superman finds it out for himself because it was in the back of his baby spaceship. Okay. So, yeah, I thought that was it. I, I wrote that down as an interesting point because that really <laughs> sounded like something that was going to come up again. Because I'm like, I remember vaguely a Phantom Zone. So that's kind of... Well, that was also the plot of the live action movies one and two because they set up the second movie in the live action Superman so that the three criminals can show up as the main villains in the second Superman movie. Oh, okay. Assuming you guys have seen the live action Superman one and two. Um, um yeah, are you talking I about saw the original it a long time ones? ago. Yeah, 1979, 80, okay. uh, 80, those movies. I've seen the old ones, but way too long ago. And I saw the, you know, the newer generation Superman movies. And I, uh, I so, haven't watched the new ones, but I've seen the old ones way, way long. Yeah, ago. when I was little, they kept showing Superman three and four on TV That's all the time, but them, not yeah. the originals for some reason. So my mom literally just texted me while we were filming this podcast five minutes ago. She said, I watched Justice League. The really fast guy is funny. And she said that it was overall all entertaining. I'm like, okay, mom. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like a mom comment. (laughs) I wonder if she's, she said she did did fast forward through some of the fight scenes because she doesn't like too many violent scenes where people get bloodied a lot. Mm. It was just kind of funny. She texted us that while we were talking about this. But I have no. So what did she watch? Did she watch the original, or or did she watch the the extended cut, or did she watch the Snyder cut? <laughs> if it was on Netflix or Hulu, she watched whatever was there. Uh, I have no idea. I'm not even gonna bother to tell her there's two there's differences right now. I think the, uh, I've only <laughs> seen the extended version. I just oh, people wow. see, okay. I guess people hated it or whatever. I'm I just like okay, this is fine. I I don't hate it. It was fine. I'm just not interested in any of them. I haven't watched Man of Steel. Batman v Superman or Justice League. The only thing I have watched is Wonder Woman and Shazam because it's the only two that interested me. I've seen both the Wonder Woman movies. Oh, I still haven't seen 1984 yet. What the heck? Oh, it's because I have nowhere to watch it because WB has their own streaming site now. I'm so tired of all these streaming things. You can never watch a movie you want to anymore. (laughs) Sorry. Are they like on a Warner Brothers streaming? Yeah, thing Warner Brothers, Paramount, HBO, and all this other stuff. No, Paramount no, plus is like all the God. Star Trek and all oh, the other stuff. God, yeah, it's so hard to find things because they've yeah, there's there's too many subscription services. Things are split over. I just yeah, that's why I hate. I don't like like the way what was it Disney, Paramount, and um, the one I just mentioned. I don't like it when. The company that makes the movies also has their streaming service. I like it more like Netflix, which is a streaming service for everything else. The same way Netflix and Hulu are. They're not like companies that actually make and produce the movies. Yeah. But they're a rota of movies so that you only can get them for a limited time. So it's like it may show up. It may not. You just have to wait for it to like be there. Because then you have stuff like Disney where they'll just edit stuff and not and hope you don't care because Disney has no problem with editing all their materials or not paying attention to their stuff and just putting it up there. 
I don't like that. I, yeah. I am not a Disney fan at all, but that is just the worst thought that I have that they will put like, maybe don't they own the whole star Wars franchise now? Yes. Like they put out the old star Wars. They would edit the crap out of it. Wouldn't they? Yeah. Well, like, now that Obi-Wan is out, now they got to re-edit them again so that it's in line with this story. Right. Oh, I'm just no. I haven't watched any of it, but one of my friends was already ranting on Facebook about how something, how something in the first movie won't make sense now because of what happened in the new Obi-Wan show. I mean, the Obi-Wan show existing already doesn't make any sense because Obi-Wan in episode four looks ancient and this Obi-Wan does not look quite as old. He's just now went there, right? Isn't it like 15 years before? I know, but like for you to age that much, like it's, yeah, it's in that window between Revenge of the Sith and, it's called and episode four. Suspension of Disbelief. Did you Absolutely watch any not. of the X Men live not. action movies? Absolutely not. Where all of a sudden he looks the same for 30 years, then boom, becomes Patrick Stewart in five. But anyway, on to the next episode, Brainiac shows up and is just kind of like, oh, hey, Earth, I'm this cool benevolent alien. I'd like to speak with you all. And, well, and we he doesn't have... really talk to anybody on Earth. He talks, I guess, Luther no, Lex gets Luther. his transmission, and, and Lex Luther decides, I'm going to speak for all of Earth. Just deal with me. He's got private business deals going on. With He's aliens. Communicating yeah. with extraterrestrials without government knowledge. For it, the it's not just planet. A, not just a national security issue, but a world security issue. Yeah, I'm surprised <laughs> they wouldn't have happened. captured and tortured Lex to see what he gave them and all that. But no, he's... He's not arrested or anything. And then he's like, I do like though how he tries to make money out of this situation and then it blows up in his face because he doesn't realize this possibly benevolent alien could be evil. <laughs> but he gets punished for it even worse later when Brainiac shows up again. But that's another time. For some reason, the next two minutes of our recording was completely blank, so you will now be thrown into the middle of a conversation. We should totally work together and annihilate the universe. I mean, uh, you should totally come with me and join him. And I don't understand why, as a smart computer, he that is going to last long, even if Superman does come with him. I'm like, what is he going to do? Make sure he's a sick. Please don't try to talk to anybody on that planet ever again. That was really I mean... screwed up how he tried to enlist <laughs> Superman. He was like, I will give you a memory if you work for me. And then I'll give you another one and another one. He's like a drug dealer. <laughs> like, I mean, as me we've seen, memory, as we've seen from the first episode and his dealings with Lex, Brainiac does have a tendency to think ahead. So I, I, I'm pretty sure he knew that that probably wasn't going to work, but he probably was hoping to be able to at least give him the opportunity or at, at least get his defenses down so he could like control Superman somehow with some, I don't know, some kind of invention yeah. or something like that. But he doesn't know about kryptonite yet. So like, so Superman eventually finds out and it doesn't seem like the fight is that hard, right? So I'm just like, Brainiac, did you not plan this out very well? Oh, you mean when they were initially testing him or? No, when he was fighting him at the end of the episode. Okay, so that's going to touch on something that I'm just like, this is the prime reason why I don't really like Superman. You were saying he's fighting him and it doesn't really seem that difficult for Superman. And I'm just like, 
I'm watching this and I'm watching, okay, he's getting, he's hitting him, he's punching him, he's doing all this stuff to him. I'm like, okay, which one of these attacks is going to be the one that just arbitrarily makes Superman buckle? Because it, it all he, Superman does is like, he just sits there and then, oh, I can't really move out of the way, even though I have super speed, I'll just get hit in the face. Mm-hmm. And he just, he keeps letting that happen. And then eventually Superman's just like, okay, I'm not going to do this anymore. And, and then he just wins. <laughs> and I'm just like, th- that kind of thing happens. I, all the episodes I've watched, that's basically what happens in every episode where Superman just doesn't know how to fight or he chooses not to fight. He just chooses to get beat up. And all of a sudden, Kryptonite's not involved. He'll fake like getting hurt or something like that. And then he just decides, okay, I'm going to end this fight. <laughs> and it's always that, every episode. Uh-huh. And it, I, it's, it's hard. It's hard to... to uh, <laughs> It's hard to not think about that, especially with Superman's fighting style, where he just chooses to get hit. And I'm just like, all these fight scenes are always just a waste of time. Well, they tried to make him weaker in this show so they could actually have him fight people more, like, on their level. Like, so he wasn't just ultra and super invulnerable and stuff. Yeah, and I do, I I have noticed that. There's certain times where I'm just like, well... I know that he's way more capable than this. Why is this even like a thing? But they, I guess they just chose to artificially limit him at times. And You mean like how he gets caught in a, like a medieval stockade <laughs> style piece of technology that, that oh, yeah. um, uh, that's, yeah, that's and... what um, Brainiac can whip up, you know? <laughs> how pointless was, the, pointless was the test in the beginning? He's like, oh, I just wanted to test your powers, even though I totally don't have the ex- the ability to scan the planet for television broadcasts on your, you know, many feats. I was like, this will get him to trust me by randomly attacking him and then apologizing for it. <laughs> oh, well, I, I get that. He just wanted to test him. He probably couldn't tell how strong he was just from, you know, he couldn't see the limits of his strength just from watching some footage or something that Luthor gives him. Yeah, but also, I don't know, as a kid or if this would be terrifying, but he's like, ah, here's... um this memory thing, I'll let you touch it for a bit, and it's like scene of Krypton, and he's like, oh yeah, it's all the data I have on Krypton before it exploded, uh, I go and collect data on other worlds, and then eventually Superman is to touch one of the other orbs, I forget why, is, does he not trust Brainiac, or does he just go do it anyway? Because Anyway, and I can't believe Brainiac, well Brainiac is absorbed with getting the information from Lex's thing, so he's distracted, so Superman just kind of comes in and is just like, I'm going to look at all these different orbs right now. Like he's just touching the orbs. Like he, he touches somebody else's orb. And there's, I mean, actually that there's a case for the Krypton sucks again, because all these other worlds look way better than Krypton <laughs> that, he at that are being destroyed. Oh my God. But the, but the worst thing is like he touches every orb, a few orbs and realizes that they all end with Brainiac coming in and destroying the entire planet. And there's like, there's hundreds of those marble, like memory balls on. Yes. Yes. Thousands. Just, I was like, Jesus Christ. The Brainiac's body people? count is insane. Like he's county planets has he killed all because, you know, Krypton didn't know how to program AI correctly. I like yeah. the first one he touched. It was like um, 
a planet with people in togas. There's like a rich family life. He shows the dad like throwing a kid up in the air, you know, benches, fountains. Well, I guess it wasn't a fountain, but I mean, you can imagine that was actually, that's what I would want Krypton to look like. But then it shows their flaming spaceship as they were trying to escape or something. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't even, doesn't explain it. It just shows like a little tiny spaceship and flames outside the planet and then the planet exploding <laughs> well and this is the thing that makes uh little sense to his motivation but because he speaks to superman and it's like why did you kill all those planets and he's just like he said knowledge is more imp- knowledge well, let me i have the line i'll read it i'll read oh, it yeah read it he says the fewer beings who possess the knowledge the more precious it becomes yeah and that just sounds like a really demented like human would say something like that so it seems like that's sort of like a humanistic kind of thing he's developed because he could just go to the planet absorb all their data and leave he doesn't have to kill them all yes all yes, out. yes oh my god dude that so he his motivation in the first episode makes sense but then once they introduce this other development this makes no sense because like you said he could easily just go get their knowledge and then move on and then if he really cares about gathering data, why not let those societies produce even more data for him to come back and get that? That's what always my question is with the Borg on Star Trek. How can they collect any new data if they assimilate every single being on the planet? Why not just assimilate like 20% and move on or 50% and then come back in, you know, 100, 200 years and see what other new technologies they've created. Instead, and- they'll never create any more technology because you fucking wiped them all out. <laughs> so you're left with whatever you stole and you yeah. just become a race that can't invent anything because you only harvest what you find. But with Brainiac, I feel like he's got some kind of mental problems. Despite being a computer, he wants to feel important. So he's making himself important. Yeah. So that is definitely like a human. That's where that's another yeah, thing that sets ego. him apart from like the old other guys or other types of robots that are just more logical. Like, this doesn't make any sense. The other thing that I I don't like about this particular motivation is, okay, even if you chose to just figure out some way to, like, okay, I'm going to take all this knowledge and then, you know, kill off everybody so I I don't have to come back here, that would make more sense. But why does he value the knowledge being more valuable, more precious? Like, what does that mean to him? Why does he care about his data increasing in value? And you know what? We'll never learn the answer because after this episode, his sole focus is to defeat Superman. Oh, really? Just, Throughout the whole just series? increasing yes. in intrinsic value. He's, he's not looking for money. What is the point? <laughs> he shows up maybe for two more episodes. Oh, one more episode. He basically is in LexCorp's computer and he basically kidnaps Lex and forces him to build him a body. That's why, actually, I think it's one of the few times maybe Clark gets involved because he's trying to figure out why Lex isn't responding to anything. And I think his bodyguard is also like, why isn't Lex responding to anything? And it's because Brainiac's like forcing him to make a new body because he only exists inside LexCorp's computers right now as data. Now, am I getting it confused with this series or was it a Justice League thing? But didn't they end up getting merged at some point? Like Brainiac's inside of Luthor's head or something like that? Well, Brainiac apparently does not just this with Lex, but with Bruce Wayne. He apparently copied himself into Wayne's computers and LexCorp's computers. Oh, my goodness. Because they run a joint project. (laughs) So what ends up happening is 
so now so i don't know if like for all i know it's two separate brainiacs they're both the same downloaded company and don't know the other one did this thing because there's an episode where superman pretends to be batman robin's trying to get him to find out where he is and it's because lex lex has him basically captured to work on like rockets or something to blow up the planet i don't remember but anyway brainiac shows up again and then gets destroyed again forever and then he doesn't show up again until that big reveal you're talking about where he's been inside, you know, Lex's body this whole time and becomes Lex Brainiac. Herself. I mean, I, I do. I do like I like Brainiac. Like, I've always thought he was one of the more interesting Superman villains. But this actual focus on his origin and his motivations, that's kind of like taking him down a notch. Well, no, it, it doesn't. I think it's dumb, but his purpose as a villain is still pretty much untouched. He can still do that whether or not his motivations make sense or not. So it's just whatever to me. What if there's an infinite amount of worlds to conquer? I mean, I guess the computer never gets tired and mm-hmm. he'll just go on forever destroying worlds because there's always more. <laughs> yeah, and you can always buy into nobody's able to actually completely destroy him because he's data and he's, you know, he, mm-hmm. he theoretically could just have copies all over and stuff like that. So, yeah. Oh, oh, and in that episode, he only makes a spaceship to leave Earth. He doesn't have a master plan. It's just, I want to get get the F out of here. Uh, so they just, like, destroy a spaceship so he can't leave to go rebuild himself and then just destroy more of the universes. Oh, I've got it. Basically, Brainiac is just like an intergalactic virus, and he's self-replicating... For no purpose other than to just replicate. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't ever... Motiv- like, it just seems like after he got defeated by Superman once, he's like, I will dedicate my whole life to killing him until I continue my universal absorption plan. And that's all he ever does. Which Only a Kryptonian could shut him down, I guess, because they created him. That's the only reason I could think of he would pursue Superman over and over I think that's his only fear. As long as somebody from Krypton exists that knows that he's just a weak computer AI, then eh, he's got a weakness. Otherwise, he wouldn't have any weaknesses. (laughs) I just think it's where they never really follow up on this character trait. It just seems like all he wants to do is fight Superman. One thing that's funny is I'm surprised... That it would have been interesting to show him take the orb that had all of Krypton on it and threaten to destroy it in front of Superman as a way to get him to stop when he realized he was losing. Because then maybe Superman could have called his bluff and then he would have seen that, you know, Brainiac does actually care about the data and can't bring himself to destroy it. That would have been a little more character insight instead of just, hey, come help me kill the universe. Punch, punch. Ugh. Been a good idea. Just be like, Okay, I'm going to delete this bit of data now. He's like, no, don't delete that. Oh, yeah, Superman could have done it and threatened to do it, too. And that would have made him freak out. That's another way to do it. Wait, how did you know how to use my alien computers? Oh, I'll just smash the keyboards. No, you'll cause a short circuit that will explode things, because that's what happens when you smash a computer in cartoons. Pretty sure he, like... (laughs) He's replicated himself all around the planet, though, thanks to their pretty crappy um, IT setup. I mean, there is no system like that that's just going to feed into all of the systems worldwide, all the military systems. That is just such a bad idea. I mean, 
All he had to do was overwrite the OS and set up a firewall. They're like, oh my God, he set up a firewall and now he's using his own OS on our computers and we're connected to everything on earth. We can't even launch missiles. That was like the worst situation. <laughs> it's so crazy. Like nobody would do that. I mean, it, if uh, I guess, a- I guess they had the military's computers there at Brainiac's arrival just in case, because they wanted to have missiles ready to shoot him in case he was, you know, an evil alien. Those were Lexus missiles. The oh, those were Lexus missiles. Okay. Realistically, the government doesn't have portable missile command. Realistically, they would create a whole nother network for to download him into that was separate from everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wouldn't touch anything else. But yeah, just for the sake of the show, it's just like, oh, okay, this, but this, that would make sense why he would get into Bruce Wayne's computer too, since all of it's connected together. <laughs> it's funny, I actually played the Superman PlayStation 2 game last year that's based on this animated series. It was pretty fun. It's like an okay game, but you do get to go around. There is like one or two Brainiac levels where you just have to go and fight him, but it's like you just punch the crap out of him and he dies. So, you know, I forget what the level is now. God, it was because it was a year ago that I played it, but I just remember it being fun because they actually do have all the characters from the the cartoon in it that you can fight. But anyway, what did you guys think else of this episode? I looked at a bunch of funny details in this episode. Did you notice the Kryptonian language? (laughs) It was made up of Japanese katakana, Romanized characters. There was Hangul. There was like um, some Arabic characters on there. (laughs) That's funny. I thought that was pretty funny. There's a point when um, Superman was going to see Brainiac and a bunch of floating robots come to attack him and they're shooting from the groin. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> and yeah, it's like the episode was pretty entertaining. I had a good time with this one. Thomas, what about you? Did you enjoy watching this episode? Any other final thoughts on this one? Um, Outside of the two irritating points, I thought it was fine. Like I, I like watching it. I think I probably liked this more because it wasn't just really just superman heavy so i i do like these the the two stories together so we got for this episode then thanks for listening guys ready to sign off then yep let's go for it okay signing off this is sean charlie and thomas good night